everybody. Welcome back to We Gotta Talk. I'm Sunny. I'm so glad you're here. I have a special guest today. Andrew's back in the house. Hi, babe. Hello. Can we just quickly acknowledge that this is the second <laughs> take and I was in the process of destroying the first take in a good way and now we're starting over. So. We're starting over because... I am many things, but I'm not a great audio engineer. And I had the microphone pointing in the wrong direction, and I want people to hear the dulcet tones of your voice. And I feel like just face me a little bit more when we talk. This is like those times when I make you look at me in the eyes when we talk. <laughs> um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling rested? Andrew's had a couple, a stretch of bad, bad days of rest since we got back from Italy, and it's not, it's not been a, the smoothest ride. <laughs> yeah, I feel better. I, I had a good night's sleep last night, but... Well, we're going to get into all of it, but one thing about traveling in Europe is they really stick you with the occupancy requirements mm -hmm. in the rooms. So we're two adults and three kids, and in most cases, you know, in America where you could theoretically cram, you know, four people in a room if you wanted, we wouldn't have done that. But the wrinkle we ran into is that in some cases they wouldn't allow three kids to be in one room. And so connecting rooms aren't as uh, abundant over there. And then also a lot of times they would make us either pay for a third like rollaway bed mm -hmm. in the room or- That you ended up sleeping on. Yeah, that I ended up sleeping <laughs> on or get a suite. So, so wait. So, so anyway, so three weeks I slept on the rollaway more than anyone while we were there. Okay. There were some good rollaways. There were really I feel bad because you know you did all of the planning on this trip and really got none of the none of the good rest. But before we get into the details of the Italy trip, which last time we checked in, it was kind of like the the line of delineation between our adventures by Disney portion and the stuff that you specifically planned. Um, you know, people really like when you come on the podcast. Your episodes are some of the most listened to. How do you feel about that? About being a fan favorite. About being a fan favorite. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I'm going to take the time to do it, I'm glad that the people are <laughs> reacting positively what, to it. What do you say on Instagram, babe? Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. <laughs> we want Andrew. Okay. Um, yeah, guys, it's been really good to be back. Um, you know, we had a wonderful trip. It was about 21, 20, 21 days in total. And I feel like I did a pretty good job in keeping everybody posted on Instagram. And it was fun. And I don't care if you roll your eyes. There's always, like, vacation lady on social media. And she's always sharing you know, these like fancy vacations or getaways. It is annoying, but if you're annoyed, that's kind of on you because, you know, we were having a grand old time and I kind of felt like um, this argument has been used before by someone you know. It is a really great way to sort of document family memories, right? By like, and I have all these really cool like video clips and like stuff that I share that, you know, automatically shares to my camera roll or whatever it is. And um, it was fun. I feel like... Um, you know, we did a pretty good job of like taking a thousand. This is like a trip of a lifetime, you know? Yeah, it was a great. It was a great trip. There's no. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think we were trying to cut. Well, originally, Sonny wanted to you wanted to like rent a house or a series mm -hmm. of houses and be yeah. there for an extended period of time. And, and why? Tell everybody why. I don't know why. To because be, eventually I want to be, oh. I want to have dual citizenship for our family and make this, I want to feel at home with my people. And so I thought, well, why don't we just dive in head first and just spend a few weeks and like live there. But as you always do, you came up with a better sort of like intermediary option because you really can't go from being full on in one place for your whole life and then just going to live somewhere for a month with three young kids and feel like it's going to be seamless. So you came up with this sort of other plan that was like, okay, we're not going to go stay in one place for three or four weeks. We're going to move around a little bit so we know where we like, so we know what's what. So you kind of came up with that wrinkle. Well, yeah, that's part of it. And then also just not knowing enough about Italy to know where we'd, we'd want to stay because I don't trust a picture of anything. And it's one of those things if you think you're going to be right in the middle of like some great area and you end up on the outskirts somewhere, you really don't have a great feel for that until you're there. Mm -hmm. And then, so that was part of it. The other part was wanting to see as much as we could while we were there. And we talked about renting a house and using it as a home base, but then also doing all these day trips and in some cases night trips. And I was like, well, then you're paying for multiple places during the same time. And then lastly, just also wanting it to feel like a vacation and 
you know, being able to go downstairs and get breakfast in the morning and not have to... <laughs> Me not going to, like, the local butcher looking for breakfast, yeah. you know, looking for bacon and being totally, like, unable to communicate. Yeah, it's it, it would obviously have been a totally different experience had we done what I initially wanted to do. And I'm glad we did this because, as it turns out, um, it... it the regions of Italy are wildly different in tradition and language and dialect and like sort it's like America, you know. I think we like in my American ignorance looked at it as one sort of like um homogeneous entity and I was like, Oh, it's Italy. But really when you get in there and you talk to the people, and this was made clear I think especially after talking with some local guides and local people, that it's just it's just like here where if you're from Mississippi, you you have a different version of America than if you're from Maine. And if you're from California or Georgia. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why we went and kind of learned about, at least on this trip, sort of the northern part of the country. Last year, we did our our week delayed 10-year anniversary in the southern part of Italy, which was like a totally different vibe and feel. And, um, and yeah, it was, I, I really like this. Well, I'll add to, uh, add to <laughs> like that Like the also. super expensive vacation, she says. Well, yeah. It's not, well, I mean, <laughs> it's not hard to like when you booked a nice vacation for us. So anyway. Well, the other piece of that is that of the places I hadn't been to, and we, we can go through all the places we went, but none of the places we hadn't been to were the way I thought they would be. Okay, like, so tell me more. Okay, so I had been to Rome, uh, Florence a little bit, and that's really it. So then from Florence, we went to Tuscany, Venice, Milan, Lake Como, back to a different part of Tuscany, back to Florence, and then back out of Rome. So and, and really quickly, let me just interject by saying this was the second portion. Don't get mad. We have to bring everybody up to speed. He's giving me a death glare. I'm just saying, if people are just listening to this, the last episode talks about how the whole first week was dedicated to that Adventures by Disney thing. So what you're talking about now is like after we got to Milan, after we did that whole portion, pretty much after Venice, we were on our own. So this is like a separately done sort of part of the trip. Don't get mad. I'm just trying to bring people up to speed. Well, yeah. Well, we should. So the reason behind doing the tour with Adventures by Disney for the first part was that, you know, on the one hand, we wanted to be there and relax. And Sonny and I had been to Rome and done all the touristy things last year, but the kids had never been. And I don't think you can go to Rome and not do some of that stuff. And so we were also aware of the fact that we were going in July and it's hot and it's crowded and it was certainly both. So much so that I'm not sure I would suggest going with a family, at least, in Mm -hmm. July. It was still great, but it was, you know, as advertised. Mm -hmm. Unless your kids are older and they can handle their exhaustion and dehydration on their own. Yeah, and ours Ours can't (laughs) and didn't. So, so, you know, wanting to navigate all the stuff that you should be seeing in the, you know, more touristy spots and not wanting to have to handle all the logistics. And so... I think for what we were looking for, Adventures by Disney was awesome um, and and really got us through the first part of the trip. And we were with them through Rome, Florence, and Venice, basically. Mm -hmm. And so as part of that, we probably did, well, we certainly did more than we would have done on our own. Yeah, yeah. They keep you moving at a clip. And I talked about my thoughts on Adventures by Disney, generally speaking, in the last episode. But... What advice would you give to people thinking about booking? Because that was a common question I got after sharing last week's or whenever's episode was, would you book it again? So if so... I, w- I, w- I absolutely would. I think the one piece of it was that... W- well, my thought was that it would be geared more towards um, families with young kids. And there were some kid-specific options, but I wouldn't say it was overly kid it wasn't distinguishable as a disney tour to mm-hmm. me it's not mm-hmm. like you had mickey mouse you know running the tour and it was all you know princesses and everything else it was it was just like a normal luxury tour mm-hmm. which was great now it did have like the disney um i don't know magic to it. i mean i think yeah. there were some stuff yeah as- well, no, go, the mat, remember that made me think of what she said about Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbelling the luggage, which was a fancy way of saying they took care of every luggage transition, which on the streets of any like Italian city is huge because you're not dragging your luggage across smooth concrete anywhere. So that piece of magic alone was very worth it to me. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, so so it was kind of divide. The trip was kind of divided. The first half was 
you know, the tour, seeing as much as you can, doing as much, and then the back half was really designed to be more relaxing, kind mm-hmm. of chilling out. And so I think splitting it up that way was great. Now, the thing with the Disney tour, they said it's recommended for kids uh, six and older, and our little one is six. And our eight-year-old and our 10-year-old did great. Our six-year-old did great too, but she just wasn't <laughs> in a position to do all the as much walking as there was part of the tour and um and and she rolled with it but like the consequence was i ended up with her on my shoulders for a a good part of the you know walking portions of the trip and it's partly the location i think too because rome in july with little it's just not a good place i mean there's nothing like you know there's no ada in rome there's so it's old streets it's um Americans with Disabilities Act. Oh, there's no access points. Yes, there's no. I mean, it's all uneven pavement. You can't even do a stroller. Yeah, there's if you pavers want. everywhere. There's, I mean, it's yeah. you know uneven curb heights, hills everywhere. You know, the air conditioning's lousy. There's not bathrooms everywhere like it's there is the here. Best still though. Yeah, it's great, but it's it, I it's just a walking tour in the middle of yeah. July with a six year old is not great. How many times did we laugh at the fact that restaurant tables, cafe tables are set up in the middle of the street and people will just openly sort of walk around and cross back and forth until a vehicle comes and then they like part the waters from it and then they go back. I mean, Andrew was taking pictures and laughing. He's just like, I mean, there's just like no rules. People were walking the streets. What was that very, very busy part of Rome where all this, where all the shops were, where um, oh, people were yeah. just sort of like you walk in the middle of the street and then a car comes and you just mosey on over and then you go back and you're like, it's just like the yeah, chaos is so just amazing. Take over the streets <laughs> until a car comes and then they kind of work their way around the car and then and then the people just and yeah, Florence was so crowded it was just totally overrun. Like the cars were just secondary on the streets and it was just a, a big sidewalk basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, just quickly, let's touch on the food because everybody talks about uh, Italy and the food and and the food is great. We had a couple bad meals, let's be Wait, very... we had one bad meal in Florence where they replaced every artisanal cheese with blue cheese. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was one I of the worst meals dying. I ever had. Well, they served up lasagna and they, they didn't even... So some of the items on the menu they did designate as with blue cheese. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Maybe they ran out of the good stuff. But there were some items that they didn't say they were subbing blue cheese out. And then they brought it out like our kids' lasagna. And it came out tasting like a three-week-old carton of milk. And I was like... What? Yeah, it was not a good. But th- that stands out as a bad dining experience. But the lover of carbs that I am, I had nothing else bad to say about well, the food. The, the, that place, we kind of turned the corner and the kids were whining. And it was very clearly was not run yeah. by Italians, which was mistake number one. And we just took a flyer on it and it did not work out. <laughs> but I, I was just struck by how little variety there is in the food there. I mean, everywhere, everywhere is pizza and pasta. Like, then that's it. So it's, um, I don't know. It would be like every restaurant in America only serving steak and hamburgers, and those were your two options everywhere. So after three weeks, like, I was ready to, and we had an opportunity in one hotel that had a little bit more of an American flair to it to get a hamburger and fries, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best <laughs> meal I've ever had. It wasn't like even like a normal American burger. But if you yeah. hear this, guys, by the way, this this chair is making a sound, so sorry for that distraction. Um, the food I, I loved, I mean, I am not a person to ever watch or count the carbs, so I always have to have a carb with every meal, generally speaking, and I was in heaven. I feel like the, the uh, just everything about the pasta was just a little more flavorful. The, I said this a thousand times. All the cheeses, the milk in the in the coffee and the cappuccino was noticeably tastier. I mean, I just think it was. I was in heaven. The pizza crust. Remember the pizza crust they did at Trenzo? Yeah, I mean, it was really good. All right. So wait a minute. You've interrupted me and redirected me I'm sorry. Me I'm times. just tr- I'm, I'm reading. We have to stay so on our toes here. We, we don't want soliloquies. We, we want started, interactions. I know. I understand. But you started <laughs> by asking me to tell you about the locations and how they yes, were different. you got to get what, to it, baby. Well, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just going to raise my hand when you interrupt me, and the people listening won't see it. But um, Okay, so after we left... Um, Florence and went to Venice. I was really excited to see Venice. I thought that everyone got around on gondolas. Like, that's how you, you know, the traditional guy singing in the back. But that's really just a little, it's like a tourist trap at this point. You have to do it. It was actually a lot of fun. We did it a couple times. 
but it's not an authentic part of Venice. Maybe it was back in the day, but um, it, you just you do it, and then that's not how you actually get around. I thought Venice was amazing. It was worth seeing. It was really crowded and especially hot. And to me, at least in July, it seemed like the port in the Bahamas where the cruise ships dock. Mm. It was just overrun by touristy stuff. Wait, permission to speak. Okay, thank you. Um, it. I, I feel like this is my theory on why it felt more oppressive and hot and crowded because there's like no streets to spill into. Like there was just everything is concentrated to like everyone's walking and everyone's walking. It's like you can't even, I mean, there are obviously streets within the city itself, but I mean the main, I don't know. It just felt like there was like nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Um, but that being said, I think like historically it was like one of the coolest cool. cities to look at visually. I was glad we went. I didn't leave Venice thinking I can't wait to come back to Venice, but it was, we yeah. had a great time there. Um, so from there we went to Milan and Sonny didn't see a whole lot of Milan. I saw a, a more <laughs> Tell of, them why. well, I went to the laundry, we were only there for a night and I went to the laundromat twice, which was like a mile and a half walk. And I could do a whole separate podcast on my adventures in the couple of laundromats I the went Italian to. The Italian laundromats. Which we should just briefly kind of touch on the packing piece real quick while we're thinking about it. Because I think we both tried to pack for as long of a period as we could. Thinking, okay, we're going to have to figure out laundry situation at some point. But we'll, fig- but we'll figure it out. I think having done this trip now, and let's just call it three weeks... The way to do this in the future is to pack for five or seven days Mm -hmm. and just assume you're going to have to do laundry two or three times. Mm -hmm. And I think if it were just the two of us on this trip, we would have sent the stuff, you know, downstairs through the hotel. But the kids generate so much laundry and it's so freaking expensive Mm -hmm. through the hotel. So we the first half of the trip, we were trying to do the whole sink laundry thing. And unless it was an emergency, I don't think I would do that again. Yeah, it was a very old world of us. We were washing in in Rome in the big round bathtub that we had, and I had those laundry sheets that we packed, which I do think was the smart thing to travel with because in the absence of being able to find liquid detergent wherever we went, we had those. You just needed like three of them to make a, a good suds. But yeah, we got away from the hand washing with the exception of doing some like underwear and socks until later on in the trip. But um, we did kind of transition to just laundromat. And I think the same thing. I think I would have packed... I do think, uh, you know, I mean, I keep saying this. I, I feel like the pack job was executed well as far as the number of items for the kids specifically. I probably would have cut my personal clothing pile down by about a third. I could have cut mine in half with no problem. Yeah. And you always... And shoes, too. You need a nice pair of sneakers. I did, like, a dressy, two dressier kind of flat sandals, and it's really all that I used. Here's a quick Andrew pack hack for the people listening. Give the people what they want. When <laughs> when I'm on the verge of retiring an article of clothing or a pair of shoes or whatever, I have a box in my closet, and I just kind of plan to bring them on my next trip, and then I leave them there. So this trip, it worked out particularly well. I left two pairs of shoes and a bunch of clothes and just old stuff that I, you know, otherwise would have taken to Goodwill or whatever. I just take and I leave there and either they get thrown away there or repurposed there or whatever, but it just gets you one more use out of it and then you make room on the way back for anything you might have picked up on the trip or you just bring less stuff back. So I I got rid of quite a bit of articles of clothing and shoes and stuff while we were there, which worked out well. Would you use my um, my Ziploc baggies, my Ziploc vacuum pack baggies next time you go? Because you were the only member of the family that we did not pack in those. I thought they were great. We had a a substance spill of some sort on the way back, mm-hmm. and the plastic like that that was Protecting. nice to have them in there. Yeah, I I mean the packing cubes work out okay for me, and I don't have to like seal and reseal and all the stuff you were doing. But they were I thought they were cool, and you know, not for me, but I'm not gonna yeah. hate. How much did my um, OCD come into play in this trip? In as much as like the desire to pack all carry-on and the insistence that we not only pack carry-on but actually carry those two separate bags on. For a while you were like, listen, I'm paying to check in a bag, so I'm planning on checking in a bag. But we did actually end up carrying on two suitcases, one with all my stuff and one with all the kids' stuff because I was so just convinced that our luggage wouldn't make it. It's just so much is informed by my anxiety. Well, but in, in, in this way, it served us well. 
I guess. I mean, I would have said consolidate the two carry-ons into one check bag and then have three bags instead of four, which would have made, like, train travel. And yeah. my, my view is if you're going to check one bag, Might as well just check them all. But Sunny's view is if you're going to check one bag, you could check your stuff and I'm going to keep my <laughs> stuff with me. And so you're still carrying something. But it was only really an issue in the train and in the car. You know, luckily... We are with the flight, you know, the checking or carrying bags on wasn't an issue. There was more than enough space. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't a big deal. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we probably could have, if we really stretched it, just gotten by carrying everything on. But it's just, it's, it's still a long time to be over there with five people. So yeah. I want to talk about the travel stuff a little bit more because I think you talked about things you would have done differently with packing. I want to touch on things that I feel like I was a little anxious or scared about before that I would tell families not to be anxious about actually having done it, which is the train travel, not nearly as confusing or difficult as we thought it would be. The laundry situation for sure. And like just, I I guess what I'm saying is I anticipated, we, we traveled by every mode of transportation, boat, train, car, airplane. Then I was a little bit sort of intimidated by the process of getting on the train with the kids because you're responsible for your own luggage, but it didn't end up being that big of a or complicated of a deal. Okay. Let me talk, let me touch on those two points. The, um, laundry thing, again, just putting a bow on it, just plan on it. Just, it's not Mm -hmm. glamorous, but either plan to use the hotel and pay the tax or just, take a morning and go to the laundromat and get some food while you're there and knock it out because that's the way to go. The train piece, I agree. Um, but everything over there, it's has its own little mini economy that you have to figure out a little mm-hmm. bit. So the one thing about the train station is don't assume there's a bathroom in the train <laughs> station, which is crazy. Or one that you don't have to pay for. Yeah. So w- when we got to Venice, they were like straight up, you know, make sure you use the bathroom on the train before you get off because there are no bathrooms in the train station. And this is like a huge train station. It's just crazy to think. And then in Milan, which was one of the like most beautiful buildings we saw over there, this enormous train station, no air conditioning and one bathroom that's nowhere near the platform and that you have to pay to use. You had to pay a euro a piece. Yeah, to a use. euro a piece. And I, yeah, so. And you need money. Well, no, actually, we use the card for that. Yeah, yeah. we use the card. So then, um, yeah. um, and then the other piece with the trains is for some reason, they literally don't tell you your platform until the train is pulling into the station. It's or very pulling, Italian. Yeah. So. <laughs> The way, I mean, like, you don't have time really to, I mean, Sonny thinks I'm like vacation dad mode all the time, but you you do not have time from the time they tell you which platform you're on. You, you really need to walk briskly Yeah. and particularly we were in one of the first couple carts, every cars, every time. So that ends up being the furthest away from the start of the platform because of the way the train kind of pulls in or whatever. So. I mean, we had maybe a couple minutes to spare, mm-hmm. but not more than that. And you were watching the um, board, like the departure board, I guess, for lack yeah. of the whole time. And the it, whole we time. really did. And another thing is we were going, I forget where we were going, but they weren't showing our particular stop as the destination. You have to know where the ultimate destination for the train is to indicate that it's yours. So like ours, we were getting off in Como or wherever, but it continued on through another city. So it wasn't being labeled as you know, Lake Como or whatever. Yeah. Or not, that Shows the, the final right destination. One, or Milan or something, yeah. So know what your final destination is. Keep your eye on the board and have a few euros to shill out for the bathroom. I mean, it was so hot in that train station. The train was great, though. I it mean, was really, once you got on, it was great. Yeah, I, the tra- I, was, I, the, I was pleasantly surprised by the train. It was awesome. So that weird guy that sat across me that was staring at the kids a little bit, we got maybe a little nervous. I snapped a picture of him just in case. Yeah, you definitely feel... <laughs> It's just like if you were a foreigner being in New York and you're, like, very aware of the fact that there's, you know, bad actors around you. Well, yeah, because someone was talking about the pickpockets. I'm not saying this. I know people are going to be like, oh, it's, like, so classist of you. No, there were pickpockets that were, like, targeting people that we knew on, like, the Disney portion of the trip or that had had that experience. Yeah. Another person said that there was a pregnant woman who came up and, like, sort of distracted him. And another person tried to grab as well. So, like, it's, it's a, yeah, you, you got to have your head on a swivel. Yeah. 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 Okay, I thought we were, okay. I don't know where we're going now. We're going back we, to the end portion of the trip, which is okay. important so to cut. We're, we're like on a train, babe. You got to stop at the stations. You got to let the people, the thoughts on and off that belong, and then you keep going to the final destination. So this is like. So um, when we, I was talking about Milan for a second. Yeah, you can go back to Milan. 
I thought Milan was great. I had never been there before. It's a Delta hub, so it's somewhere you could fly into the mm-hmm. future. If you were going to go to Lake Como only or Venice, Como, some combination, I would, I would totally suggest just skip out on the Rome uh, piece and just fly into Milan. It felt like a more American city to me, um, and I wish we'd spent more time there. We spent one night there as a stopover, and my planning of the trip, I built in a couple stopovers when we were traveling by multiple modes of transportation the same day. We could have skipped a couple of them, but the Milan one was nice to have a little bit of a reset. Mm-hmm. We stayed at a fantastic hotel there. I don't know if we're given. Yeah, fun. Yeah, we stayed at the Mandarin Oriental in Milan which was right in the middle, like the prime shopping area. And the hotel was beautiful. The rooms were awesome. They were really sweet with the kids. They gave them a little stuffed animal and all kinds of stuff when we got there. And to me, it just felt like you were in a nice hotel in Chicago or something. It just felt a little bit more like home to me. That's where I got the hamburger I talked about earlier, which was awesome also. So that was Milan. We then took a car from there to Lake Como. I had no idea what to expect in Lake Como other than the fact that everyone says it's awesome and it was, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was it was all like literally is one of those places where you look at it every morning or whenever and you're like I can't believe this is real. It was just mm-hmm. it was that pretty we, you want me to keep going? Or well, no, I was just going to say, didn't it feel, it felt cooler too. It was a nice break from like the city heat and the stagnation of that. Like, like a lot of places we were, were like urban. That was the first place we got to where we had a breeze and we were on the water and it was just like a, like it was, an exhale. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would totally go back to Lake Como. I, it was kind of a two way tie to me. If we were going to actually own a place there, theoretically, I'd be hard-pressed to pick between Lake Como and Tuscany. We can talk about that more later. This kind of underscores one of the overarching themes of the trip is that I booked hotels where I wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. It, where I, If me and Sonny were on a trip, this is where we would stay. We probably um, went a little overboard having the kids with us at some of these places. And the hotel in Lake Como, <laughs> I think, felt the most that because there were people there who were obviously – on a honeymoon or, you know, whatever. And our and kids are cannonballing into yeah. the pool. <laughs> so no, they weren't bad, though. I don't want to, like, make it sound like... they There were there were plenty of kids, actually, at that location. They were great. It was the Tuscany one that tended to be a little quieter. Yeah, I just... I was more aware of it, that if I was yeah. at that hotel on a couple's weekend or whatever, I wouldn't want to see kids running around doing the whole thing. But, I, but it, mm-hmm. the hotel itself was great, and they were all... But it was... I, to me, that was the stuffiest hotel. We were... When we were there, George Clooney was there. There was a number of celebrities there, you know, professional athletes, soccer players. I don't know who any of them were. Lots of tattoos oh, yeah. and, well, you know, wags. Yeah. Wags. It was like a crawling with wags. One was giving a real attitude to the reception as we were there. Not not a good look. It was the Grand Tremezzo, we should say that. Yeah, Grand Hotel Tremezzo. Grand Hotel Tremezzo. And, oh, my God, we have to talk about this weddings that we spied on every night. We were... Um, in a courtyard facing room and you think like when you're booking this it's t- it tends to be like the cheaper option to book because a lot of people want to see out onto the water i would a thousand percent suggest the courtyard view it's this verdant like secret garden vibe thing you wake up to every day like the grounds are so meticulously tended and you're kind of like in in a little bit of a, a mountainside like a right yeah. yeah and they're so they have walls of greenery it's not just like grass they like build it up so it's like crawling ivy i mean it's just in flowers it's so so beautiful we sat at our um like little sitting area which was facing the courtyard multiple nights when people were having i mean not the best look on our part we were in our bathrobes but like wedding reception or wedding reception or one was like a welcome party it was but every night there was something and we would listen to the music and just it was wonderful yeah i was angry well i almost didn't stay at the hotel because again the way when you're there with kids, they make you be in certain rooms and they only had the garden facing rooms mm-hmm. available. And I, so I talked to the hotel and they're like, oh no, it's great. Some people prefer them. So I kind of took a flyer on it and it ended up being awesome. But yeah, hmm. we were talking with the hotel staff while we were there and they were talking about the fact that last year they hosted a $50 million wedding at the oh, hotel. yeah. It was the Pfizer Yeah, guy. I wasn't going to get into those yeah, details. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's get into the juice, baby. So they um, rented out the yeah. whole hotel. This guy flew everybody there uh, for a week from all over the world. 
Paid for um, their stay. Paid for their stay. And then the whole thing was just over the top. Andrea Bocelli performed at the wedding. Michael Jordan was there, apparently. So it was um, it was over the top. But you, you could definitely get the celebrity vibe there. We, we went past George Clooney's house, and they talked about the fact that he's at the hotel all the time and just the people he has coming to visit him and J-Lo and Ben Affleck and Tom Brady. And I mean, it just felt like that kind of a place. Yeah. Pause for the gossip. Uh, Apparently word on the street is Ben Affleck is very, very friendly. Um, J-Lo is very small, a little bit shy, like just small in stature. He's really tall and big. Um, They said George Clooney is like a local town favorite. He's super friendly. He's like apparently really involved in like the happenings of the town of, of Lake Como. Um, what else was? Oh, George Clooney was there one of the nights that we yeah. were there. Well, he was wife, there the we were, night before we got there, and, and while then, we were there, right? And we were like, we did room service a lot on that. Yeah, we were more just room service than I would prefer. But you know, I mean, another factor of traveling with the kids, I would have, if I would have known how exhausted they would have been at the end of the day, it would have been easier to sort of mentally prepare. But frankly, I was ready for robe and iPad time by like 5 p.m. every day too. That the Lake Como hotel was one that if we went back on a couple's trip Mm -hmm. I would really because they have a Michelin star restaurant and an awesome bar and just all kinds of other stuff that would be really fun in an adult trip. It was great with kids but that was that spot in particular kind of jumped off the page like Mm -hmm. oh man this would be awesome as a couple's weekend. Yeah you get the impression there too that they entertain so many high profile people and everything that it's just um it's just like that very well-oiled machine. Like nothing's a big deal to them. The staff is incredibly, um, I don't know, kind and accommodating. And they have these little things, activities for the kids to do. They have a little candy bar set up in the corner, which the kids loved. So, I mean, that was just, it was such, oh my God, the breakfast was so good. You're insane. Um, okay, let's pick up the pace because I got to. You got to go back to work. Okay, you got to go. Never mind. Okay, okay so from. <laughs> Um, Lake Como, we went back to Milan, caught a train to Florence, spent the night in Florence, and this was a night that I could have skipped out on. This was the location of the horrible dinner I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. We stayed at a great little boutique hotel Mm. that the kids loved. It was in a really cool location. We walked around and did... I I think Florence is great. The shopping there is great. It's a lot more accessible than Rome, but still has that kind of ancient kind of feel to it but a lot more bite-sized and not as sprawling as Rome is so a lot of great stuff to to see and do in Florence but it was uh, we we could have just as easily jumped in the car Mm -hmm. and continued on to Tuscany which was our next destination so we had to stop over in Florence I could have done without it it worked out fine at this point in the trip we were basically had five days left. I was starting to feel like, okay, I did the tourism thing. I did the relaxing thing in Como. I'm kind of ready to go home. And then we got to Tuscany, and, like, the moment we got there, I was like, oh, shit, this place is yeah another level. So we stayed at the Castello de Casol, which is a Belmont property in Tuscany, and it was my favorite stop and favorite hotel on the trip. Talk about how you rented a car, babe, and drove the Italian the wild Italian roadways to get there. I rented a car and <laughs> just like drove barely the fit wild. our stuff. Well the car was barely fit our stuff. We were like by inches squeezing our um backpacks and luggage into the yeah, back of that thing. I Everything's just smaller. The there. biggest car we could find, which was like a little like the smallest Volvo station wagon. And just everything was a racket there. Like, I walked to get the car. In Florence, in because Florence. you can't drive in certain yeah, places. Before yeah, right. before we came to find out that there's this restricted zone, so you literally could not drive towards the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there was this real song and dance about trying to get Sonny and the kids to meet me at the parking garage with the car, and I had to pay off this weird guy named Luigi, <laughs> and he kept the car for 20 minutes. That feels minutes like cultural and, appropriation. Is that his real name? No, he was Luigi. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, there's just there's just an added level of stress to everything. Like yeah. my, I was talking to my brother about it yesterday. He called it like the idiot tax or the dumb tax. It's just you'll know better the next time around, but mm-hmm. you just kind of have to go through it. Um, it was, I mean, I just having a car or just getting the keys to a car felt so liberating to me because mm-hmm. we just had been beholden to all these other forms of transportation. And you finally have your own ticket to ride. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. We could have just as easily gotten a, you know, it was just an hour drive from Florence to Tuscany, but it felt like we'd unlocked this whole new, you know, freedom. So we got the car in Florence, drove to Tuscany, and that hotel that I mentioned earlier was, to me, I mean, it was was so awesome and so 
fantastic, but at the same time, not stuffy at all. Mm-hmm. I think there's only 32 rooms there. So, you know, they kind of know who you are every morning. The restaurant there was fantastic. The pool was great. The scenery was unbelievable. And, um, and I will go back there for sure. Yeah, I was telling your parents the other day when we were talking to them that looking out from the vista at the pool or really wherever in that sort of center part of the property felt like you were in a painting. There were like layers of of mountains and hillside and more greenery. Like everything had a different color. Into it. it was like being in a Bob Ross painting. It was just the vistas were beautiful, the views, the colors, the sounds. There were the cicadas or the crickets chirping all day, every day. It was just yeah. like a sensory, like paradise that was the only place not the only place but the place where i was most aware of the fact that i was like sitting on a lounge chair like actually relaxing because mm-hmm. the kids were doing their thing you didn't feel like you had to police them like i did a little bit at um uh, tremezzo and they were just doing their thing having a great time and then we or at least i was wondering how are we going to fill these four days here mm-hmm. and it was i mean we took a day trip to siena which was beautiful yeah. it's close enough to the, it's like an hour and a half drive to the beach if you want to do that but we did you know you could rent electric mountain bikes through the hotel which we did we did a watercolor class with the girls mm-hmm. we did a truffle hunting excursion um, we went to the spa a little bit so yeah, all this stuff is, you know, kind of add-ons, but it I, to me it was great and the hotel was fantastic. Yeah. And then we left from there and did a it's like a 3-hour drive back to Rome, which is where we were flying out of. So we we drove to Rome, spent one night uh, on um, in Rome before heading to the airport the following morning and I'm glad we did because we could have theory. Our flight wasn't until one o'clock, but it took us all of three hours to get through the airport and checked in. And this is with you know preferred access and all the other bells and whistles. It just took a long time. Yeah. Well, and this is actually worth mentioning too. If you're renting a car, Andrew did some research on returning the vehicle at the Rome airport, which was so complicated. And had you not had those specific directions, I don't know if it was from like a Reddit, I don't know where it was, but someone gave you, someone had posted online somewhere, you're going to pull into here and it's going to look like you're going into a parking garage, but really you're going into the return and make sure you take a ticket and turn here. Like if we didn't have those step-by-step directions, I feel like we would have been completely stressed out. Again, it's just like the signage isn't great. And it's just like a lot of like turns and yeah, our, our, Rental car was through Enterprise, but it's the same with all of them. Is there's no? It says rental car return, but then there's three different parking garage buildings, mm-hmm. and we happen to be in the C building on the third floor. But there's nothing out there that would tell you that's where you're supposed to go. So you could just be pulling, it, and it otherwise just looks like you're parking in a parking garage at the airport. And so we knew exactly where to go, and and yeah, thankfully looked into that in advance. But that's just the weird. European stuff where like nothing kind of goes the way you feel like it should like mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that was good but but even with that I mean we I gave I mean they it took us all of two and a half hours to yeah. get through that airport it was insane like whatever the I don't know if it was the customs like oh this guy got into a fight about you know, a, skate, a skateboard yeah bringing a skateboard on carry like full on fight it, the 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 guy was American the wife looked like she was Italian I mean when I talk about like. Volume at a ten. I mean, like we were we were watching for a minute, and I was like, unfortunately, we have to go through customs. I would love to see how this plays out, but give yourself all of the time. I mean, for us with three kids, it was probably a little more complicated because if you travel in the EU with kids under a certain age, I think it's fourteen, um, you can't go through like the express lines. So that that increased our wait time just drastically. Um, so, yeah. But we got back, and we, we got back safe. You almost were arrested by TSA. Should we touch on your colorful experience with Delta that almost landed you with Interpol? You don't have to. Well, I didn't realize, <laughs> how, I, didn't realize I was making a scene until I looked up at oh Sunny, and gosh. she had this. Okay. You have to give the backstory here. So we were all booked together. You want me to give the backstory? No, I'm going to give the backstory real quick, and then I want you to tell me what was going through your head, because... I mean, I want to do many things, but flying back to the U.S. and leaving you in the Ital- in Italy in one of their jails is not one of them. So we, we were all booked months ago together as a group in Delta or, or on Delta. And we got an alert probably, I don't know, you would know better, two weeks ago that we were partially split. So two of us, my daughter and I, were going to be on one side. And then you three would have been on the other side. Or what, it was the first split up of tickets. And then the second one happened right at the gate. Yeah. Let me... 
Good back jo- go ahead. You can you can back it up. Okay, so I booked my flight separately from Sonny's because I had enough points to get a free flight, but I couldn't combine it with the other one. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was on my own reservation. Sonny and the kids were on a separate reservation. Together. Together. Mm-hmm. So we booked flights nine months ago, and probably six months ago got this schedule change where there was then like a nine-hour layover and all kinds of other stuff. So we were rebooked on a separate flight six months ago, and we kind of splurged on the flights and flew um, Delta One. So that I was like, okay, if the kids have the sleeping pods, whatever, and actually get some rest, it'd be great and whatever. Just kind of making it part of the vacation. So because of the flight change, I couldn't get us all seated in the pods in the middle. So what I did was I got three pods on one aisle, and then so the first three pods on one aisle, and then the first two pods on the other side so that you could kind of walk through the bulkhead. I'm doing all these hand gestures right now that nobody can see, but <laughs> you could kind of walk through the little bulkhead area up front by the cockpit and just it's like a little horseshoe, so a little shortcut to go from one side to the other. So I was with on one side, Sonny was with on the other side. And literally as I'm walking on the jetway, like as I'm walking on the jetway, <laughs> they tell me, oh, by the way, we had to change your seat. So they moved me from 2A, which was the first seat on the plane, um, to 9A. And so basically, they would be sitting by themselves for an 11-hour flight and then sitting on the other side. And so they tell me this, and like I basically like lost it and told them. They said it was reserved for pilot training. <laughs> and Andrew, tell them what you said about the pilot training once we finally got into flight. Well, I, I, so... The pilots that were tra- – I've come to realize that if a pilot is sitting in a first-class seat, they don't have to pay him overtime because it counts as rest time. So the pilot oh training was they were cycling guys out of the cockpit, and they didn't want to put them mm-hmm. in a coach seat because then they, they technically to have to pay him. So I'm walking by this pilot who's training, and he's literally <laughs> eating an ice cream sundae watching episodes <laughs> of The Office. And, like, I was about to – you know, I don't know. So anyway, so oh they, so they, the, the flight attendants were basically like, this seat is reserved for pilot training. I was like, no, it's not. It's, I have a boarding pass right here that says it. And they're like, well, we can't control. I don't know. I went to dark places, but that what they said was total BS or, or they're like, well, we can't ask other Delta one passengers to change their seats. I was like, well, why don't you just tell them like you just did to me? Oh, and my God. I, I was melting like a stick of butter. Like, I can't even. I didn't realize it was an issue until I looked up, and literally there's, you know, nine rows of seats in Delta One, and there's four seats in a row, and I looked up, and literally 35 30. sets of eyes <laughs> were looking at me like, this person's crazy. Oh, my God. So you were at the front. Like, we had... I think we were the last ones to get into our section of the plane, and you're standing in the front left with two flight attendants, two women, and I'm, I'm just crapping my pants because I'm while you're arguing the constitution of airline travel, I'm like trying to practically find a solution, and thank God there were two, was it two or it had to have been it started with two, maybe three people, two people that volunteered to switch their pods so that the kids now listen, there's like a big controversy right now because all these posts are going viral about I bought my ticket too, and I'm not gonna switch with a mom. This isn't like that. We booked our ticket and people were like, Oh, moms should moms and dads should know to book their seats together. We did, bitch. We did twice. And so there's there's thankfully people who were willing, and I'm, I'm guessing at least one of them was a parent, um, because I looked like she was traveling with her with her grandchildren, um, were willing to switch their seats for us. But I didn't directly ask anyone. They just saw that our yeah. six year old, like no one, no six year old wants I mean, to sit alone for crying. ten hours. She was crying. Yeah. yeah. And and, and so long, thank God for that. Yeah, and I am. I mean, I, I'm way on the. I would never, under any circumstances, ask someone to switch seats with me. And we didn't ask anybody. And I'm aware they, of the fact volunteered. that everybody on that plane paid just as much money to, for that seat as I did. And, and you know, they felt the same way about it as I did. If This was 100% Delta's fault. I had it all lined up. And they said the wrinkle was because I registered in their system as a solo traveler mm-hmm. that they felt at liberty to just take me. Which, in, independent of the kid issue, which is the predominant issue... 9A is an objectively inferior seat <laughs> because it's right by the back galley where they make all the food. So if you were going to try to rest on the plane, 
like literally it's like being next to somebody loading a dishwasher for 11 hours because they're back there fiddling around the whole time. So I never liked that seat and I would have been pissed off even if I was by myself to make way for the pilot who's like eating bonbons and watching <laughs> John Wick. So, and and the other oh, part God. that pissed me off, now... You're on going. a roll, baby, go. go the go, other go. part that pissed me off about it was that she, I said, why doesn't the pilot take 9A? Like, it's, you know, just as available for him. And this is when I thought he was actually going to be, like, reading some flight manual or something <laughs> and not, you know, watching TV. Um, and they said they will go ask him, and they came back, like, four seconds later, and they're like, no, the pilot says he wants 2A. And that, I think, is when I, like... The whole filter went red, and I looked up. And, and <laughs> I, did you see me running up to you, like, trying to damage control? And I had to put my hands on one of the flight attendant's shoulders. I said, don't worry. It looks like I've resolved it. And this kind woman has offered a switch. That was wave one of the wonderful people coming through. And then we got that side situated, and then wave two, another person volunteered. So, I you know, the it, other passengers it worked realized out. there was a decent chance that the flight wasn't going to take off unless they... Oh, my God. I was like... I mean... I get your level of of anxiety over it all, but I was I was melting. I was like, oh my god, please don't. Like, then the part that really pissed oh me off. Oh my god, <laughs> I thought we hit the. So side. then she, you know, the lady's like, you need to take your seat so we can complete the boarding procedure. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take two A because that's the seat I. Paid oh my god, for. I can't believe you're still on it no, after this. So I finally like restrained to seat nine A. You're coming across. And she comes through very privileged. She in this. comes through <laughs> like twenty seconds later and is like, okay, so um, Mr. So-and-so. Yeah, so, and and acts like we didn't just go through this whole thing. <laughs> and I was literally like, bitch, you know, you who, know I who I am. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, so it worked out well. I'm not trying to act privileged. I don't normally fly Delta One. It was a special trip for and us. We saved we up splurged. our points. Yeah. yeah, I used Amex so points to fund that. a good portion of it. And it, maybe because it's not routine for me, I, it was particularly important for it to be a good experience. And it was a bad experience, and Delta will be hearing from me independently of this podcast. Okay, this is the final travel takeaway lesson for anyone else booking. So I, I had been talking to people on Instagram about this experience and was sharing how grateful I was to these amazing two people who switched so that my kids didn't have a nervous breakdown. And someone said that they had done research because they were traveling with their families on airlines sort of and, and their policy when it comes to switching seats. Because I will tell you this, people, no one deliberately books separate tickets. When these debates come up online, people are always like, well, the parents should book, you book together. The, the airline usually changes it. Anyhow, apparently Delta is the only airline that reserves the right in the fine print that no matter the status of your booking, i.e. how long it's been reserved, they will always have the right to move, even break up families. Whereas other airlines make a point of not breaking up pre-booked families. I, so listen, that's good. To, I don't know if that's true, but that's what someone said. I don't care about the policy when there's a <laughs> six-year-old crying in an 11-hour flight. And by the way, they could have grayed out that seat in their reservation system and just shown it as occupied or held until the last minute. And they didn't. I selected it six months ago and didn't know until I was walking onto the Literally plane. Literally as you scanned your ticket. Yeah, until I was walking yeah. on the plane. So they either should have let us know in advance that was the situation and allowed us, if we'd elected to, we wouldn't have elected to, but at least give us the option to rebook tickets to, to actually sit together. Or if that's their policy that they're going to break a family up, then the other part of their policy should be that they will make a reasonable effort to try to move other yeah. people around like they did to me so that we could still sit together. Now, the, the other piece is like if you buy the lowest um, class ticket, lowest um, fare class, then they assign you your seat when you get there, and, and that's when you get split up. So I, mm -hmm. I'm not just showing up expecting to, you know, get a window seat up front. But that wasn't the situation here. It, the, independent of the policy, it was bad form. And the thing, I've said the thing that really pisses me off. Oh my God, about the, six times. At the end of it, the guy yes. said to me, if you don't like the way we're handling it, you can complain to Delta. And that's when I <laughs> almost... Oh Do they ever not know what they're going in for? I... It, I feel like there was like a language barrier when he said that to me because I looked at him and I oh swear God. to God, I, I almost mean, shot lightning out of my fingers like the emperor on Star this Wars. This is, I feel like, proof about why we're a great combo of people. And I know you have to go, so we're wrapping this up. But um, I don't want to end on an angry note. Um, that we came together, babe. My powers of um, what's it, compromise and smoothing things over and your powers of sheer anger. <laughs> Just really work well together. Opposites well, one, do attract. Oh, God. One, closing, one, of the 
<laughs> no, so at the end when the dust settled, Sonny's like, no, Andrew got it worked out. You're, she's here, they're here. They're oh, here. Yeah. And I was like, where am I sitting? And you're, and you're like, oh, I she- don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused. Our daughter was crying. I was sweating. My, I was in a full body sweat like no one, like you can't imagine. I mean, there, like you said, 35 pairs of eyes staring at you, wondering what's going on. I mean, I was dying inside. And then I was worried, that, literally, that you were going to get arrested. It was a whole, you know, the standards for arrest in like... On, on airplanes are very low. Like, they could have... With one more provocation, you could have been in cuffs, baby. You could I, have been hanging out in Italy a I lot I thought longer. about going with the chest bump. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do it. Bad look. Okay, final thoughts, because um, this has been a delight. I love your desire for structure, structure in interviews. And next time you come in, I will present you with a full outline. But I thank you for going with the flow today and letting us sort of, like, ebb and flow with the discussion. Final thoughts. The trip was great. If you're planning to go <laughs> next year... You should try not to go in July. Book hotels that are places where your kids... The kids want a breakfast buffet and a pool with a water slide. (laughs) So we went a couple levels above that. They had a great time. We just paid a lot more money for it, and we still ended up ordering room service at night. Then we needed to, yeah. Yeah. But um, go to Lake Como. Go to Tuscany. And, um, and don't eat at that one restaurant that subs blue cheese out for everything. It's like yeah, right on, right in the middle it's of a little. Florence. It's right don't by. Go. Oh, you know where it is, guys? Uh, wasn't it by the Gucci Garden store? I went into Gucci Garden too, which I meant to, like, spend more time in because they sell stuff that's like only sold in that location. They have these adorable wallets with this like lion on them. I couldn't, we couldn't splurge, unfortunately. But I think it was like right in that vicinity. Um, it's like on the little plaza in front of a big building. Well, that's it's very it. specific. <laughs> Buy Gucci Garden in Florence. <laughs> the plaza in front of the big building. Stay away. <laughs> um, oh, one last thing. The DHL worked out great. Oh, ship your stuff back. Yeah. We, at, during the Disney part, we accumulated a bunch of um, like... Souvenir type yeah, things. fragile souvenirs that we hadn't planned on and I swung by DHL in um, Milan and the other thing about it which I didn't realize they don't really ship according to weight it's kind of like if it fits in the box it'll ship and mm-hmm. so you're paying for the size of the box but with within some reasonable parameters the weight doesn't matter as much so that is the way to go just ship a bunch of your crap back and mm-hmm. don't worry about it so yeah that's a little travel tip so are we going to go back next year nope <laughs> You're after, baby? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's funny because we learned so much about where we went. It would. I would love to do Rome south. and go south, but mm-hmm. it's almost like you're starting from scratch with a whole new learning curve. So um, we'll be back in a couple years, not next year, but um, yeah, we'll do a – it'll be my next podcast in 2026. You can't wait that long. Give the people what they want. If if the people react well, if anyone's still <laughs> listening and you comment that, hey, I listened to the very end, then I'll revisit coming on in okay. a few you months. You have to let me know your, your topics. There's nobody your listening topics. right now, let's be honest. That's so rude. How dare you underestimate <laughs> me? Take it back. I take it back. <laughs> We have a whole thing with taking it back. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. As always, your ratings and reviews mean a huge deal. So tap five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave a uh, review in the same app. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with more good stuff. Thanks, guys. Ciao, ciao, ciao. ciao. Arrivederci.